Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to our 24-minute recaps here at Dime Dropper, episode number 16. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all, on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And, of course, to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. So, a good night tonight for your boy here in Los Angeles as our Los Angeles Clippers come up with the 138-100 blowout victory over the Sacramento Queens, as the great Shaquille O'Neal used to say. It's the Clippers' first time winning three games since March 5th, earlier in the year, when we beat the Rockets just six days before the shutdown. So it has been a minute. So to get some momentum, some consistency going is huge. And you know what? Tonight, from the jump, it was there. And I couldn't have been more happy with the way that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George led by example. They were aggressive from the get-go, and the role players followed suit. Ibaka was in a bit of foul trouble, but it didn't really matter because our defense was high alert. We went into some zone for a bit. Kawhi was just so good. Like Ever since he's taken off that mask, he has been right up there with the best in the league. And Paul George just continues to make me look like a fool, playing out of his mind. Like His three ball, every time he shoots it, looks like it's going in. And that right-to-left crossover into a pull-up seems damn near automatic, especially when he's on that left side of the court. The Clippers were just rolling. You know, Marcus Morris Sr., came in and gave us some great minutes off the bench, some left corner threes for days. I thought our ball movement was really good. And, you know, Luke Kennard again, showing why he was worth the trade. He's just so much more dynamic than Sham Broke. You know, he comes off screens. It can, he can actually pull off screens. He can actually run, pick, and roll. Shamit, he's scared, you know. Kennard is hesitant. Shamit is a, is a player who loses confidence, you know, left and right. And I'm just really liking Kennard. Kawhi was just, you know, post-game all day long tonight, doing his thing. Overall, it was a great performance, but I can't leave out my diamonds dancing like Reggie Jackson. Oh my goodness, what a performance. Wow. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I was wrong. You know, we should have definitely re-signed Reggie. No, once again, these statements can't be made till the playoffs. But you got to give the guys some props for coming into that role tonight without Pat Bev and Lou Williams and giving us that production he wasn't too shot happy he wasn't too dribble happy and catch and shoot Reggie I mean he is literally as crazy as it sounds you know he's a sniper any Clipper fans know catch and shoot Reggie is pretty damn good four of nine from the field tonight for Reg three of six for three for Bobby Shmurda 11 points on the night Kawhi 27 points all of them came in the third quarter he didn't even have to play the fourth and yeah again guys Clippers for the first time not blowing a lead I mean that was awesome. You know, I didn't have to stress when we went up 20 points. We built it and got it to damn near 40. And, you know, you got to give the second unit credit for that. Terrence Mann. Clipper fans, drop a comment for Terrence Mann tonight. He was fantastic. Great energy. Strips. Hitting jumpers. You know, shout out Isaac the Film Greek. Based on the Super Chats. Thanks for the Super Chats. 
Sorry about that for the people listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But it was just a fantastic performance by Reggie from Terrence. The Clippers overall. And look, three wins on the bounce. Nine and four. Taking care of business. This was a weak team, but we got the job done. And you know, I think this was our best performance of the season. Because we put together 48 minutes of consistent energy. And it was fantastic. So, Clips win, which means it's a great Friday night for your boy. Three wins in a row. Let's make it four. Let's make it four. Indiana next. So, let's move on. Laker fans, I I truly apologize. The Clippers are playing on the same night as you guys tonight. I saw that you guys were down in the first half. LeBron was in foul trouble. AD was having a slow night to start from the stats. But it looked like you guys started to round out into form. Kuzma, I watched the fourth quarter. Kuzma's hitting threes. Caruso hitting threes. Montrader was doing his thing. It just looked like... It just looked like, you know, your typical Laker performance and the Pelicans just without Zoe and just even with Zoe. I mean, the Lakers are a different class. And right now, the Lakers really, they're, they're looking tough. I mean, they're looking tough. But, you know, if you're the Clippers, you just got to go one game at a time and keep doing you. And the Lakers right now are flexing their muscles as the best team in the league. That's five wins in a row for them. I don't really know if I need to watch this game. It's only my second Laker game missed besides the Bulls game. So, I don't know. I don't think Laker fans that need to watch this. What do you guys think? But let's move on to the Celtics, who have been out of action for a minute. They were back tonight against the Orlando Magic. Very shorthanded on both sides. No Tatum, no Kemba, no Time Lord for the Celtics. They started Jeff Teague instead of Jason Tatum tonight. And then Grant Williams in for Tice. And it was a really solid start for the Seas. Jeff Teague was knocking down some threes. Jalen Brown, again, just... How good has Jalen Brown been this season, guys? He continues to just be a mid-range master and just literally make whatever's given to him. And, you know, whether it's mixing people, getting five people off the dribble, hitting mid-ranges, stepping into threes, and making plays for everybody else. That's another thing that with the attention JB's gotten, it's opening things up for everybody else. And, you know, you saw Tristan Thompson get 11 rebounds tonight. He played pretty decent. And Daniel Tice coming off the bench, doing a great job on the offensive glass. Three offensive rebounds, 8 and 10 for Tice. This was one of his better games in a while. But, you know, there was a period of time where it looked like the Magic were going to kind of come back. But Peyton Pritchard, who was literally like the only one in that Celtics second unit when JB went to the bench that could create shots. And for a while, he missed his first three, and I was like... Okay, Peyton, move the ball. And he just kept shooting, and he started making it. And it just shows the confidence of that kid, you know. He is not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid to keep shooting. And, you know, my friend, my good friend Jack Moran used to say to me in intramural games when I would start getting mad at myself for missing jumpers, he used to say, if you're not hot, just keep shooting until you get hot. And that's what Peyton Pritchard did tonight. He had, some, he had a really tough three in front of the, I think it was in front of the Magic bench. It was like a corner, you know, between the legs, pull back into a three. Peyton Pritchard. Just keeps looking better. Semi Ojale was good tonight as well. 6 of 10, 3 of 6, knocking down his open shots. 18 points for Semi off the bench. I thought Marcus Smart put in a good shift as well, hitting some threes. 4 of 10 for 3. And it's funny with Marcus Smart, it's like he misses the shots that you, you think an NBA player would have an easier time making. And when it comes to tough shots, the guy seems to make them. So great win. The Celtics are back. And the Celtics are back in winning ways. 8 and 3. They move on. That's a very solid record, and I think they maybe won it first in the West. For, I mean, I'm sorry, in the East, first or second, but good win for the Celtics as they await the others. And now we move on to a game that I watched last night. It was the Warriors and the Nuggets, and I promised Warriors fans that I would be back with something. So, Warriors fans, I watched the game last night, 
And Stephen Curry was off to a great start. You're playing against a team that I don't think you're better than, Denver. I'd expect Denver to win at home. And the altitude really seemed to be getting to the Warriors. They were a step behind. You know, I saw P.J. Dozier off the ball and two different guys get a step on them off the ball, cut to the basket while they were sleeping. But, you know, this is going to start being a theme against better teams. One, Kelly Oubre's, you know, he's a little too three-happy for how good he is at threes. And it's time to start realizing that he's just not very good at threes. And he's just better taking it to the basket. He was 3 of 8 and 3 of 10 overall in the game. Kelly's been solid because of his defense and the energy that he brings. But his shooting is just poor. And, you know, I've been praising Draymond Green all season so far. But last night was very telling. Draymond Green cannot be allergic to shooting the ball. That cannot happen. You know, he's not the best shooter in the world. He's not a very good scorer, but here's the thing. you got to be a threat to score. And I know Draymond can still make an open three here and there. I still know he can make a flow. He needs to take an open layup if he's got it. I mean, there was a play last night in the beginning of the third quarter. He had a layup under the basket, and he chose to pass to Wiseman. It was literally a clear-cut open layup. Draymond has been great, and I know the, all the intangibles that he does, but he needs to be a threat to score. He needs to give me 10, or the Warriors, he needs to give him 10 points. You can't just expect Steph Curry uh, to carry you every night and Andrew Wiggins to play well every night. Kelly Oubre is not reliable, and their bench is not too reliable. Pascal's good, but Draymond needs to be a little more, you know, he cannot play like that. He cannot be allergic to shooting because teams are going to just start game planning around that big time. So right now they're 6-6. Six and six. It's about what I'd expect from the Warriors at this stage of the season. You know, with the Rockets... Losing uh, Jim, it, it opens it up for the Warriors a bit to really lock that top eight spot down. So that's all I got to say is Draymond needs to be a little better. But yeah, so let's move on to another team that I stopped following for a bit. I stopped following them because Carl Anthony Towns was out. But I do want to talk about this one game they had against the Grizzlies. It was a game that they should have won because it was a very shorthanded Grizzlies team. And it started out great. D'Angelo Russell was doing his D'Angelo Russell thing, coming off really high screens and pulling into three balls, getting into the lane, hitting floaters, scoring in the pick and roll basically at will at the rim. Carl Anthony Towns was doing his thing, drawing double teams, making great passes to Malik Beasley, who's a very, very good, you know, shot maker, honestly. Not very, very good, but very good shot maker in this league. You know, he can hit contested threes, uh, even off the dribble, coming off a screen if the big guy's sagging and dropping too deep. You know, if someone goes underneath the screen, Malik Beasley was playing well and the Wolves were playing well. They were winning by around 12 points in the start of the fourth quarter. And within three minutes, the lead just completely collapsed. You know, they went to a lineup without Cat. I think may have been without D'Lo. And Ricky Rubio. I don't know what's... And you know what's funny is a lot of Clipper fans, including me, were saying we'd want Ricky Rubio on our team. Ricky Rubio looks so lost. Like, he, everything he touches is turned into shit right now. Like, in this run, they were trapping Ricky Rubio or, like, just putting him in pick and roll and basically daring him to pass it out and then, you know, getting out to the shooters that would take semi-contested threes. And within that, within that span, Grayson Allen hits an open three in transition. Brandon Clark hits a floater. Before you know it, the Wolves are calling timeout. They're only up by four. Carl Anthony Towns comes into the game, starts settling for jumpers and bricking. But wow, that Ricky Rubio, Jarrett Culver lineup for the Wolves, 
I mean, Jarrett Culver, this is his second year now. I thought in the beginning of the season I'd said he looked like he's improved, but that may have just been the first couple of games because right now, Jarrett Culver is looking like certified bust status. Like, no good for Minnesota. And Ricky Rubio I thought would be better than this. You know, obviously Cat and D'Lo didn't play too well in that fourth quarter, but to collapse like that within two minutes to go from a 12-point lead to, to, to being, you know, tied just like that, is and then Anthony Edwards, guys. We need to talk about Anthony Edwards. Um, yeah, he's in between game is very suspect. Like teams are, you know, running him off that three, making him get into those in between areas, and he is looking sus. His decision making is looking sus. And Minnesota, you know, Carl Anthony Towns now is coronavirus. Best wishes to him, but. You know, with the, once again, they if they have Carl Anthony Towns, they are a decent team that can win games. But it really comes down to focus, execution. Ricky Rubio needs to be better for this Timberwolves team, and so is Jarrett Culver. You know, we're going to be calling this out all season. Uh, Jarrett Culver, yeah, not, not good enough at all. So that's the loss for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'm going to end it a little early tonight. But we're going to go to the live chats a little early. By the way... Super chats are on. If you want to drop a dollar for your boy, please do so. We appreciate everything. It will go to good use one day. So let's say this. Let's say this. I just wanted to say something about, you know, I was thinking about this Nets thing the other day. And I was thinking about how wild it is that, you know, Kevin Durant, he and James Harden Westbrook had this whole story. And for years, it was the what if story. And James Harden is now going to have played with Westbrook and Durant at different points of his career. And it's so funny because, you know, James Harden went to Houston and built his own reputation as one of the best scorers of his generation, one of the best players of this era. Kevin Durant went his separate way, won in Golden State, stayed in OKC for a couple more years after Harden. And, I mean, look what happened. They both are reuniting now with totally different egos especially James Harden, a totally different James Harden. And it's going to be really interesting to see how their paths that they've taken up to this point intertwine now for KD to win more rings and for Harden to eventually get his ring, which is just interesting to me. But I'm also trying to think about it this way, guys. Let's. I just want to make a statement. You know, when I was a kid, I used to look at these NBA stars and superstars like they were like superheroes to me. Like... These guys were not only so good at basketball, but they like resembled what being a competitor was was like. And like there were some people that, you know, every kid could look up to and I would tell my, you know, friends, I would t show them to my kids and tell them, you know, these are the guys that are like the role models that you want to be like. And when I'm looking at how we're going to talk about these players legacies of today in 10 years. You know, yeah, that was when James Harden... So look at it this way. We talk about LeBron. Oh, yeah, that was when he moved to Miami and made his super team. And then we talk about KD. Oh, yeah, that was when he shocked everyone by going to a 73-9 team and built his new super team. Oh, that's when Harden bitched at Houston and then created his super team. And, oh, that's when Kyrie went to the Celtics and everybody favored them to win the champ or get out of the East. And then he basically quit and went and played blame game. Oh, that's when Anthony Davis, you know... uh requested a trade in the middle of the season and, you know, basically had his team in shambles. You look at the legacies of the players that they're taking. Oh, let's let's do Kawhi. Look at Kawhi. Won the championship and then essentially blackmailed the Clippers into trading for Paul George. 
Like, you look around the league and the legacies, the ways that the stars are going about these things in their careers and forming their own super teams and this and that, you can say what you want. I just don't really respect these guys that much, man. Like, there's no... I don't know what it is. I just feel as though it's all about them. They always want every single thing in their like in their way. They want to choose their teammates. They want to choose their coach. They want to choose where they play. You know, they want to build their own super team when the going gets tough. There's not very much of you lose. And like, I like that Giannis did it. I give a lot of credit to Giannis, you know, Damian Lillard, Stephen Curry. I'm not saying none of them exist. Those guys are true role models. Jimmy Butler. And I would like, you know, I would show them to my kids and say, these are the guys that you should look up to. But just the way that some of these stars have taken their routes to to stardom and to, to success in, in, the, in the league. I know it's the new way things are done, but I just don't see it as very respectable compared to, you know, I used to think that Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Dwayne Wade, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. These guys, I looked up to them. Like, they they were superheroes to me. Not just by the way that they played, but the way they conducted themselves, the way that when they lost, they would come back and say, okay, how are we going to improve? There's a lot of, oh, what are we going to do now? Are we breaking it up? Who's leaving? Who's staying after we lose? Instead of looking in the mirror and trying to improve as your own star, as a leader. And you just look at Harden's legacy, KD's legacy, LeBron's legacy. It's just not... It's not it to me. These just these athletes aren't the same to me as they were in the past. They just don't have that same. This is the way I'm doing it. And, you know, this is the way that this is the honorable way. Now, I'm not saying players need to stick with their teams, but it's just the way you conduct yourself and the way you make it about the team and less about you. Anyway, that's it for me tonight in terms of the podcast. Thanks so much. Let me know what you thought. We're ending a little early, six minutes early. 18-minute recap tonight. Thanks so much, and peace. Now we go to the live chat on YouTube to our subscribers.